Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. We are uh, continuing our message series. I think we're right smack dab in the middle of it, and it's called The Only Constant. And we called it the only constant because we wanted to really dig into this simple idea of change, of the changes that come into our life, the changes that happen in us, the strength that we can get if we are able to embrace change or to allow ourselves to embrace change, right? Last week, we dug into a little bit on what it's like to navigate change in our life. If we can't stop change, and you can't, you won't. Change is going to happen. So if we can't stop it, and maybe we can convince ourselves every now and then to embrace the change. And we talked about last week navigating change. Well, this week, I want to dig into a little bit of what it's like when you and I resist change. The dangers of resisting change. And maybe, maybe one of the reasons that we do that, that we resist change. So I was thinking about that. This week and every now and then, my wife, she's not here today, but every now and then, I like to get her opinion on, on something. I said, hey, I'm going to be talking about change this week and something that I've been resistant to change. Can you think of anything in my life that, you know, you can see that I've been resistant to change? What a good person to ask, right? If she's not feeling in a sassy mood, she's a good person to ask to get some insight in my life. And so we were kind of talking about a few things back and forth, and there was this there was this one time, this was probably 10 years ago now, when I was in my early, early 20s. You guys get it. Uh, about 10 years ago, and uh, there was a challenge somebody gave me, and the challenge was, Dominic, I think you're a little bit too sarcastic, uh, which immediately hurt my feelings, because I am. And I said, there, you say maybe you're a little bit too sarcastic, so I want to challenge you for a month to not be sarcastic with people. And y'all... And I, I maybe have shared this before. Some of you might have heard this story. But this is, it was one of the biggest challenges of my life. And it was a very dramatic shift I had to do. And, and maybe that seems overdramatic, and, and I am kind of overdramatic in general. But I had to say, okay, what does it look like for me to stop being sarcastic? What does it look like for me to start being sar- stop being sarcastic to the people around me. Because if you, and and for those of you that know me, if you think I'm sarcastic now, can you imagine what I was before this transformation (laughs) that I did where I was even more sarcastic than I am now? So here's what I would do is I said, okay, after I was done getting my feelings hurt, and my feelings are hurt very easily. You don't have to raise your hand, but if anybody knows what I'm talking about, my feelings get hurt very, very easily, very fragile. And so once I got done getting my feelings hurt, I said, okay, well, you know, now I feel like I do want to accept this challenge. Watch me change. This change that's been forced upon me. It's a real victim mentality there, but this change that's been forced upon me. Watch, watch me take on this challenge. So here, so I would, I would try to be less sarcastic. I was always looking for the joke, always looking for the laugh. And I was going through this, this change and this adjustment. And I started to, I started to 
to think about and, and talk out. I'm a big, I, I, I like to talk things out. I'm not really, I don't ruminate a bunch. I kind of like to talk out my ideas and talk out incomplete thoughts and all that kind of, uh, kind of stuff. So as I was talking it out with the people around me, with my wife, with my friends, I thought, I'm, I'm kind of worried about this shift. I'm kind of worried about this change. And, and I know that it was, it was a challenge that was given to me. I didn't have to take it. But when I, excited, when, I, when I decided to accept the challenge, I said, okay, well, I need to make some adjustments here. And as I started to do that, and I'm talking it out with the people around me, I start to worry, I start to get a little bit concerned that I'm going to lose who I am. I thought I was going to lose who I was because my humor or wanting to make people laugh was very much a part of my life. It was very much a part of my personality. I still love to make people smile. I love to make people laugh. And I thought, well, I, I do want to challenge myself, but I don't want to lose who I am. I don't want to lose who I believe that I am. And that got me thinking about this for today, and maybe for you is when it comes to change in your life that you are resistant to. Because there's a bunch of different reasons. We won't be able to cover them all today. There's a bunch of different reasons you might be resistant to the change that's happening in your life. Maybe you're not resistant to the change. Maybe you listened to week one of The Only Constant and said, hey, I am, I'm embracing change now. That's perfectly fine. But what I want to talk about today is the times when change comes into your life, whether it's through your job, through your business, through your relationships, through your children, through school, whatever it happens to be, when change enters your life, and you find yourself resistant to that change, because it's perfectly natural to be resistant, perfectly natural to be resistant to change. When you find yourself resistant to that change, why are you resistant? And I want to talk about one particular reason we might be resistant to change in our life. And it's when that change that comes into our life starts to threaten who we believe we are. If it starts to challenge who we think we are, who we know we are, who we believe ourselves to be, that will keep us from looking at change. So all the different changes that you can experience in life, what I want us to be thinking about today, what I want you to be thinking about today, is not whether you will or won't be resistant to change. Because I can promise you, you will. Not every change in your life, I'm, not, I'm trying to put that on you, but we are naturally resistant to change. There's a reason that, that we, when we all get into our car to go home from work, that we're not like, which route should I take today to get home? <laughs> the fastest one, the quickest one. Unless you're married and there's two different quickest ways to get home. <laughs> and that's a marriage joke. So if we have to deal with change, and we know that on some level the changes that come into, our li come into our life we will be resistant to, then what I want you to figure out today, what I want you to think about today is not if, but why. Why are you resistant to this particular change, whatever it is? Maybe you're going through a change right now in your life that you're feeling very resistant to or something's gonna come up in your future, or you dealt with something recently. Why were you resistant? 
And so this idea of change, this idea of, uh, of, of resisting change, I wanted to focus on this one particular idea but because, because I believe it's so worth talking about our worth. Because if I look at just me, if I look at my own perspective of me, of Dom 10 years ago, I would look at me and I would say, okay, this is, I, I, I'm, I'm at least somewhat happy with the sense of humor that I have and I can make at least some of my friends laugh and some people roll their eyes, but I still count that. It still counts as a laugh. I don't know if you guys count it as a laugh, but I do. That's how much I'm chasing them. So if I can do those things, then that's, I know that's who I am. So if a change threatens that, then it, comes, it can upset a few things about me. Now change that for humor. Maybe humor is not that big of a deal. Maybe you can get around having a different sense of humor. But what if you went to school for a particular job? And now you're working in that job. And you've been telling everybody your whole life, when I grow up, I want to do this. And so you go to school for that job, and you get that job, or you do the training for that job, or you get the certificate, you get, you know, at the company you wanted to work for, whatever it is. And then a change comes along. Maybe it's a better opportunity somewhere else. Maybe you got let go. Maybe your family needs to move to a different city. We can be resistant to that change if it starts to threaten, if it starts to challenge who we are. Because if we look at who we are based on the things that are external, then when a change comes that's external, it will shake us up. It will shake us up if we have determined that who we are is defined by the things around us. But if when a change comes and we find ourselves resistant to it, but, but we have already defined that who we are is not the things around us, but who we are is, is already decided internally, that it would be very difficult for change to shake us. And here's what I mean. I want to look at the book of Ephesians with you today. Ephesians was a, actually a letter written by a man named Paul. And I believe he was in jail at the time he wrote it to this group of people. Don't fact check me on that. Just trust it. And in Ephesians, what he's doing is he's writing to this group of people this small community of believers, they were trying to, probably similar to us, right, they're trying to figure things out, they're trying to figure out faith, they're trying to figure out the best way to follow the ways of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, how we want to do it, how we want to do things the right way. And so Paul, a lot of the books, especially in the New Testament, if you're not familiar with the Bible, uh, a lot of those books are, are, are letters that were written to help kind of guide people along the way, guide people along the ways of faith. Very helpful. And so in this particular verse that I want to read, it connects to our worth, to who we are. And it's got nothing to do with our relationship status. It's got nothing to do with our job. It's got nothing to do with where we live. Watch what Paul has to say about God's view of us. Okay, this is Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to be in verses 4 through 7. Here we go. 
Okay, watch this. Here we go. Ephesians 2. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. I know that might be a little bit of a mouthful, but what we get to see here, what we get to see here is Paul showing us what God's grace is, what God's grace did. So when it comes to our worth, let me try to tell you a little bit of a story. If, if, you're, if you're not familiar with, if you don't study a lot of theology and religion, and I don't, I'm not trying to say I'm a, theo, uh, a theologian, because I'm not. But there's something very unique about the Christian way of looking at life, about the Christian faith, about the Christian God, about this God, about Jesus. There is something very unique about it. Because according to the story, and this is not just Christianity, this is not just the Jewish faith, there are a lot of faiths where what you would try to do is get in good graces with the God that you believed in, okay? No matter what, no matter what your ethnicity was, no matter where you lived, you had certain gods that you believed in way back then, right? You'd have certain gods that you believed in, and you would do things to try to appease the gods. You would do things to try to appease the gods so they would send rain, so they would send sun, so they would protect your loved one. There was all these things that you would do to get in good graces with the god that you believed in. And so what would you do? You would make sacrifices. You would sacrifice animals. Bring whatever sacrifice it was. You would do things to sacrifice to the God so the God that you believed in would know that you cared and that they would do good things for you. And then there's this idea, this idea, Paul mentions it here, that we were dead in our sins, right? So whether you consider yourself a Christian or not, or whether you consider yourself a believer or not, let me just, I'm just going to tell you kind of what the story is and how it went, is we as humanity are broken. That's what the story tells. We are broken. We are sinful, right? We need redemption. We need God to redeem us. Okay, that's so far, that's not too terribly crazy from every other religion. You need to be redeemed. You have done things to offend the God, whatever God it is. You have done things to offend the God, and you need to make it right. This is not that part is not unique to other religions around the world. Here's where it gets incredibly unique. Here's where you decide if you can see the worth that God has placed on your life, in your soul, on your head. Here's the worth. Is God said, you know what? There is a redemption necessary. But instead of waiting for you to redeem yourself, instead of, instead of saying, you need to do more to serve me, you need to do more to appease me, you need to do more to do a better job of loving me, here's how Christianity gets it completely unique, in my opinion. God says, 
I will redeem you. I will cover my end of the bargain, which means peace and hope, and you're in my family, and I will also cover your end of the bargain by sending my son Jesus to take on the sacrifice. And now both ends of the bargain are taken care of by God. We didn't have to do anything. Because God says even even a reconciliation that is needed, he's not going to let that stop him from loving us from us being able to know our worth. So now that we can see it in a sense of our worth and how God sees us, I want to read Ephesians chapter 2, 4 through 7 one more time. But God is so rich in mercy. How rich is he? God is so rich in mercy. Because while we were dead to our or let me just read it. I was, you know, I can just read it. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life, truly gifted, Okay? He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. That's the metaphor too, right? Is Christ died. That was a metaphor for our sins dying, our sins dead. And then Christ rises again. And because of that, now God can see us as fully redeemed. Okay? That's, that's the imagery there. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point, us, can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Not only, not only has God said, okay, you're redeemed. Not only has God said, you know, all of the problems that humanity seems to have, they're gone now. I took care of it. Not only are our problems gone, not only are, well, you know what I mean. Not only is all this craziness gone, all of this history, all of these things, not only is that gone, God says, you're not just redeemed. You're redeemed and you're, you're up in the heavenly realms. You are a son and daughter of the king. That is your worth. That's where I want, I, I want you and I want myself, that's where I want us to define our worth, to know that that's where our worth is. And the reason I want that is because when change comes into your life, and it will, and you find yourself resistant to change, and you will. What I want for you from today, for this week, for this week, if you're going to challenge yourself this week, what I want for you is to let yourself know, to see, to be aware, to understand why you are resistant to change. And if you are resistant to change because it's challenging who you are, then you know you have an amazing opportunity to be empowered by change. I wrote something down I wanted to share with you. We handle change better when our character isn't defined by it, okay? Change is never easy to handle, but it's easier to handle if we know that who we are, our character is not defined by if this change takes us this way or that way. Wrote this down too. When our worth is defined by who we are internally, the external changes around us won't be able to shake us. They can't. They won't. If we know who we are, the worth that, ha- the worth that we had 
and the worth that we still have. Because according to this, what Paul said, we had this worth already. You see that? We, we, we had the worth. God already saw us that way. So he, he activates this plan to let us know about the way he already feels. To let us know about the way he has already empowered us. What an empowered faith you and I can walk out of here with today if we can see the faith, the, 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 the faith that God has put in us and the worth that he has given us. Now, I'm not the kind of person that's going to tell you that you should never be sad or never feel depressed or never be anxious because God has counted you worthy. I also live a normal human life, and I deal with sadness and depression and anxiety and all these things that life throws at me. That's why today I don't want to guilt you into remembering that you have worth by God. I want to remind and inspire you that you have worth in God. And you can practice your faith. You can practice remembering that. Because when a change comes your way, and it will, what an opportunity. What an opportunity to remember who God has said you are. What an opportunity to remember what God has put in you. The plan that he activated for you not to matter. See, it, it, this plan wasn't activated so you could matter. You already did. This plan wasn't activated so God could tell me that he cared for me. He already did care for me. He just wanted me to see it. You already mattered. You were already loved. You were already cared for. It's more like God just wanted you to be able to see it. So that's what I want for you. I want, you, I want for you to be able to, to face a change, this change that's on the way, this change that you're in the middle of. I want you to be able to face that change and say, okay, if I am resistant to this change, is it challenging? Is it because it challenges who I am? Maybe I've forgotten who I am. When I finally, and I'm not sarcastic anymore at all, I am cured, healed, Forgiven, blessed. <laughs> no, that's not true. That was all sarcasm, uh, ironically. No, but what I did is I said, you know what? I can still make people laugh. This is a novel idea without making them feel like idiots. And I never knew that until I took on this challenge. Now I still love to make people laugh. I still like to be sarcastic, but I am very overly careful that I'm not making someone feel terrible with my jokes. Still want to make people laugh, but my approach has changed. So this challenge, this change, I was resistant to because I thought it was challenging who I was. And maybe for you, it's not humor. Maybe for you, it's the type of uh, husband you want to be, the type of wife you want to be, the type of parent you want to be, the type of employee you want to be, the type of boss that you want to be. Those things about you, your character, your worth, is not defined by the things that happen around you. It can't be. It can't be. Then it would be fleeting. It would be temporary. And the changes that come into our life, those changes will be temporary, but we are going to persevere. 
We are going to be people that challenge ourselves to stand in the face of change and say, even if I'm resistant, I want to know why. I'm not going to let change determine the change that comes into my life. I'm not going to let it determine who I am and who I'm not. That has already been determined. I'm determining it right now. You can determine it right now to remember, to see, to realize how much faith that God has put in us. That never fails to inspire me. When I read through a verse like this and I see God put so much faith in us as humanity. God put so, put so much faith in us. Not only did he do all of these things for us, He's like, I have one plan to keep telling people about this idea for the rest of eternity. You know what it is? You. You're the plan. Don't mess it up. He didn't say that part. What an incredible, empowered faith that you and I are able to have. If you could, real quick, I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you. Maybe it's this week, maybe it's today, maybe it's in the very near future. When a change comes your way, I, I, I don't want you to, I don't want you to just identify the change. What I want for you is if you start to feel resistant to that change, I want you to challenge yourself and say, okay, why am I resistant to this change? Am I resistant to this change because it challenges who I am? And if you are, what are you going to do about that? I want you to be empowered in your faith. I want you to ask yourself difficult questions about your faith, about your life. I'm going to take that challenge with you this week. Let's pray for it. God, we are so grateful for who you are, for what you have done. God, you already loved us. You already had hope for us. You had already given us everything that we can need, God, but we're grateful that you took the plan into action and showed us what that looked like. I pray that as we walk into this week that we would be brave enough to activate our faith, that we'd be brave enough to stand in the face of change, to know that our worth comes from something deeper than a change could bring. So we love you for that today, God, and we thank you. We pray that in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Mm -hmm.